0: trek companion this is episode 197 i am your host brian williams i am adam caesar
1: i'm stephen Embry.
0: and today we are discussing voyager's second season episodes life signs investigations and deadlock here we go
1: life signs season two episode 19 production code 136 original air date february 26 1996 Directed by Cliff Boll, written by Kenneth Biller, music composed by Paul Bellergen. Guest cast include Susan Deal as Dinara Pell, Raphael Sabarge as Michael Jonas, Martha Hackett as Sesca, Michael Spound as Loram, and Rick Giannassi as the
2: Gigolo. Voyager beams aboard the dying body of a Vidian woman. The doctor works to save her in sickbay. He creates a holographic body of her to assist him a hologram which looks and acts the way she would if she were healthy. Her name is Danara Pell, and she is a physician ready and able to help heal the diseased, ravaged body on the bed. The doctor soon realizes he is falling in love with Dr. Pell, but has trouble sorting out his feelings toward the vibrant hologram and the real dying patient.
1: Danara, do you think if you go back into your own body, I'll feel different about you? Won't you? Listen to me. Nothing could ever change the way I feel about you. Not a few scars, not some diseased skin, nothing.
0: Adam, why don't you kick us off on Life Signs?
2: Life Signs? Um, you know, I thought this was a pretty good episode. Um, the B story kind of sucks, but we'll get into that later. But I like the idea of, um, you know, we all love the Doctor, and um, I like the idea of this. Um, you know, we slowly get pieces of, um, you know, his humanity coming out you know it'll come more and more as as we go throughout voyager but what i like a lot i liked about this this episode was we get to see the vidians kind of get to see more of a human side of them you know kind of what the disease has done to them how it's ravaged them so you kind of get a little bit more insight into this culture they're not just this these um body snatching um you know, demons that we should all fear. So I like the idea that we kind of get another another side to the Vians, um through this um, character, Dr. Pell. And like I said, I, I you know, I enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed, enjoyed the doctor, the process of him growing, you know, obviously this is the first time that he's had feelings about a woman and, you know, he gets a name in this episode and, you know, it's also kind of funny because he's got no He's got no experience in this, so he has no etiquette. You know, he kind of just blurts out in the middle of a, you know, procedure. Hey, I have feelings for you. It's kind of, it's almost out loud funny.
0: I actually thought that moment was, I mean, it was. I think it was supposed to be funny, but it just felt sad, didn't it? <laughs> just... I mean,
2: it kinda, I mean, yeah, I don't totally get that. I mean, it's embar, it's embarrassing for him because it's just like you know, you see the, um, you know, the look on Kessel's face. But the same, you know, you have to take it in context. I mean, he's never done this. He has no experience in it, so it's, I guess, funny is the wrong word to use, but it's. It's amusing and sad at kind of the same time, so I see where you're coming from.
0: Steve, you got some first thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, yeah, I like it too. Um, I think it's it's one of these that kind of, um, the, in some respects, reminds me of the uh, episode, Next Gen episode where Data, you know, has the ads, you know, dating to his programming with somebody, and so you kind of get that fish out of water thing, which the whole analogy is basically that it's it's not, you know, this kind of, journey that's you know dealing with a relationship or falling in love or whatever is not a rational process and if you try to approach it that way or you're new to it it's it's hard to uh it's 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 difficult it's it's not it doesn't feel natural it's a difficult process and you add that layer to that where you have this interesting uh guest character where she's you know it's difficult to imagine all of a sudden being granted at least the uh the semblance of health and vitality when you haven't had it for so long or even in your conscious memory and then but is it's it's and it's all in all respects a fantasy or artificial you know then you know that whole question of uh is it is it better to live in live confident happily happy about yourself in some kind of artificial way um fake way or be in reality and not and you know not be at, at all your all you can be and so on so um yeah i think it's i think it's interesting i yeah the b story and all that of course that just is this thing that's gone on and on and i i mentioned how i didn't care for that a long time ago so that's nothing new that um yep i like it
0: yeah i like this episode a lot it's um doctor's my favorite the doctor stories tend to be my favorites uh this is a great episode i i like this episode a lot I definitely identify, (laughs) I felt like I identified with him a little bit too much, maybe.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Is that why you you thought it was sad, Brian?
0: Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, (laughs) But no, it reminded me of those of early relationships. I mean, I I was younger than he appears, I'm sure, but it's awkward. I don't care who you are, your first love or whatever is awkward. Um, I think that they did it. This this is the kind of episode where if you told me this story like a synopsis or something, I would be very hesitant and be like, "Oh, how are they going to pull that off without being silly?" Or, but it it's it's seamless. It's it's very very it all it's organic. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, it all kind of works very naturally here. Um, It's a smart it's a smart story. It's a smart way of of pulling this. This story off with the doctor. I think that the actress that plays Denara is great, and she has great chemistry with Bob Picardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the B story is we all hate that Paris is a butthead story. uh It's dumb, and that's all there is to it. And at least we get to wrap it up once and for all today.
2: Although I did like the scene with Paris and the doctor when they were in the holodeck. You know, when he went and. I know, was he asking for advice or, you know, just trying to get, t- trying to get some insight into relationships. So I, I actually did like the scene between him and Paris and the holiday.
0: It's a nice moment when Paris realizes the doctor's asking for himself because he's, he's the one hurting. I'm glad that it ends the way it does. Cause as you're watching it, you can imagine, you could imagine her deciding I would rather stay in this body for just a couple of days and die then go back to my physical body that would have been that would have been an okay ending but i think it would have been i can see how people might feel that it would have been the wrong message mm-hmm. you know especially with what the doctor is saying you know it's like i i love you for who you are It has nothing to do with the way you look or ill or not there's mm-hmm. an honesty about that that might have been ruined a bit had yeah. she wanted to no.
2: Yeah, i think the only way that would have worked is if like her body actually did i don't know could have it died or if there was no chance in saving her actual real body and then you know he would have to gone through the um through the pain of um you know losing a, you know his first love by death instead of just you know her leaving the ship but i i, I agree with you brian I, I like the way they ended it
0: is this episode about anything?
2: Well, I think Steve touched on it a little while ago when he, when, he, when you asked him what he thought about the episode, he kind of got into that a little bit. You know, obviously, you know this Dr. Pell. She is, you know, lived with this um, this phage disease her entire life, and you know she's willing to, she's basically willing to die, instead of going back to. Her, her body where she, you know, she can live out, you know, many years, um, you know, normal for her, her species. And, um, the only reason that she, you know, struggled with that is because, you know, she was normal and she wanted to feel normal and the doctor made her feel normal and the crew made her feel normal that she was willing to abandon who she was and what her life goals were. You know, she, she wanted to help people and make people better and fight this disease. Like I said earlier on, she wasn't, she's not the, the villain that we've seen, um, from the, Padians B- in the past. So in a lot of ways I kind of felt like it was, you know, for the doctor, it was, you know, learning about yourself, growing and learning about yourself for her. It was learning to accept, um, who she was, you know, so a lot of it's about acceptance, I guess.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I think they very easily could have misstepped. And if they had focused too much on her or, you know, the doctor wouldn't have really gained anything or developed any kind of experience out of this, we would have been talking about how it's interesting, but it's focusing too much on a, a guest actor. But they, 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 I think they got the balance pretty pretty good here where they, her inclusion and her situation made it uh, fairly unique and not just a retelling of this kind of thing where the, um, you know the spock data doctor whatever character is in some kind of fish out of water thing because you know et etc cetera, etc cetera. um but it, i think it added a fresh element to it and you had and so so yeah i think it's it's navigating the complexities of falling in love and the types of sacri- sacrifices that one has to go to and what one had like you said acceptance is also part of that too so i like it well it's interesting that you compared it
0: to uh the next gen episode where uh, Data has his dating experiment because I remember that episode. In that, I, I what I remember about that episode is that at no time did I really feel Data mm. was feeling love or experiencing love. He was, you know, it was all programming. A program, and that was part of the point too. That's the reason his girlfriend kind of dumps him. You know, right, was true. realizing that this actually isn't real in any way, as opposed to this episode where. The doctor is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is. I mean, I think where it's intent intended to be that he really is experiencing love, right? And yeah, they don't really remark on that very much in term. I mean, the the, the way they remark on it here is this is a person who's completely inexperienced. It's almost like a teenager, mm-hmm. which is you know why they stick him in the parking thing. So that is how they kind of remark on it that that's funny and interesting. But they don't remark on it as artificial intelligence, feeling real love. That should be pretty amazing. But they kind of just right. let that go, which I mean, I think they do that consciously. And I and it makes you not even so you skip over that and you just really think this guy is in love for the first time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But I never thought that about data. So that actually says something a lot more about the doctor's humanity and kind of who and what he's capable of becoming
2: see and um real quick i think that would have made they would have just dropped the b story in this episode and focused more on that and maybe had janeway involved in this storyline or there was like some sort of decisions that had you know they could have they could have explored those questions that you were talking about brian and and not bothered with the b story that had it might have been a little bit more interesting episode (laughs)
0: Let's do Six Degrees for Life Signs. Um, Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Susan D'All plays Denara Pell, the doctor's first love. She will return to play the character one more time in the episode Resolutions. What season of Voyager is that?
1: Hmm.
0: It's not season one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, gosh.
0: Three? no adam four no it's two it's this season oh, okay. <laughs> that's kind of a trick question yeah. adam mm-hmm. um you all also played carmen davila in next gen's fifth season in the episode silicon avatar what kills carmen davila
2: um silicon avatar anyway, i'm trying to remember the episode um I know I'm probably way off, but I'm going to say the Crystalline Entity.
0: You got it. Crystalline Entity.
2: That was the Silicon. I made the, the Silicon connection.
0: Adam has one.
1: Moving on. Investigations, Season 2, Episode 20, Production Code 135. Original air date, March 13, 1996. Directed by Les Landau. Story by Ed Bond and Jeff Schnaufer. Teleplay by Jerry Taylor. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Raphael Sabar as Michael Jonas, Martha Hackett as Seska, Jerry Schwarka as Lexith, and Simon Billig as Logan. <laughs>
2: Morale Officer Neelix starts a ship-wide informational broadcast aboard Voyager as an attempt to raise crew morale. However, his initial reports are somewhat downbeat as he shares the news that helmsman Tom Paris is to leave the ship permanently to join a Talaxian convoy. It emerges later that someone on board Voyager has been sending information to the enemy, Kazon. After Seska and the Kazon abduct Tom Paris from the Talaxian ship, Neelix suggests on his broadcast it was Paris who betrayed them all.
1: A briefing with Neelix will help you stay informed about ship's activities, uh, keep you abreast of your colleagues' accomplishments, and broaden your knowledge about a wealth of subjects. But most of all, it will make you feel good.
0: Steve, kick us off on
1: Investigations! well basically the what's going on here is this ends the nonsense so yay this is this wraps up the b story on the last uh 20 episodes it seems like i'm sure it wasn't that many but um uh, with uh, what was going on the whole time and and it's really fortunate that neelix decided to start this journalism thing right now um because that conveniently fit in with uh taking care of business here um very conveniently, this worked out exactly as planned. When Paris was abducted by them and got to get the info he needed and got back, uh, I would say there, you know, there, maybe there's a few points, few um, kind of exciting action points, kind of toward the end um, in terms of okay, you know, they're trying to get all this done, but it's it's pretty shallow excitement because it's all couched in this situation that everything kind of just seems to line up in a kind of ridiculously convenient fashion to wrap up this story. So, I mean, I mean, it's not, I don't, I'm not going to go on and talk about how awful or something this is. It's just, you know, well, it'd be shocking if you had a really great episode that capped this very tiresome thing that had carried on for so many episodes, I guess. Um, so, you know, whatever. Um,
0: <laughs> they, they have this, this multi-episode uh, story arc, and they finish it off here, and our collective response is <laughs> meh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's funny is I kind of like some of the 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 briefing with Neelix stuff, like the Neelix journal. Not maybe that's some journalism, but it, but his show. I think that's kind of that has some potential, and there's some, there's some scenes in here that I like. You know, it's just it's just this is the kind of thing where if you think about it very much. It 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 breaks down a lot and uh so this episode is I mean it's enjoyable, it's entertaining. I don't really have any problems with it. It's definitely nice to get rid of that yeah dang the Paris is a butt headline. But there's just so many things like that it feels like like even the writers must have been, Wow, this kinda sucks. We need to wrap this stuff up <laughs> You know? really because it's wow this sure did work out perfectly like he got onto this talaxian vessel and the the mole told the people about the paris issues and he was kidnapped immediately and immediately Mm -hmm. and perfectly onto seska's ship and immediately found the the mole and then that's pretty amazing that all by himself he escaped this massive vessel and I, I don't know it's <laughs> it's it's kind of, it's
1: kind of like this the stuff that's drug out for multiple episodes which is you know fairly rare still in this in this time period here is the stuff that's tiresome and dull and then the stuff that just wraps up and you never hear about it again related to this is what could have been interesting it's kind of like you know, Chakotay, it's like, he totally is, I, I totally understand how angry he is here. He's like, he's he's mad he was left out of this. It's like, I went through all this stuff, and it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, you did a good job playing it up. And then it, he literally, it's like, the last thing you see of him, he looks like he's ready to punch somebody. And that's it. You know, we never touch on that again. And then...
0: Well, no, it's even worse than that. <laughs> because at the very, very end, it's Tom saying into the screen by the way i want to apologize to everybody uh, especially Chicote. i got some fun in there ha, ha 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 so it's almost like it's even just rubbing it in and then that's the end right there is no, like there should have been a genuine tom goes up to pair to Chicote and says i'm very sorry you know you're the way your opinion of me is important yes. to me and i respect you and i'm sorry that this we had to go through this but it's not it's sorry especially to Chicote. not that i didn't enjoy it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, and we and really... we back we pedal on the Chicote trust the jane wade kachuk Chicote relationship too because of yep. this you know it, it yeah. totally just kind of like well it's still me and tubac or the ones are gonna you know and you're not left out of it
0: we didn't tell you because it, we thought it was a McKee and that would put you in a difficult position. Really? At yeah, this point, you trust. don't trust yep. Chakotay yep. more than that. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yep. He could have done all this stuff just as effectively,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I said, this is the kind of episode where if you think about it at all, if you, if you, if you are like us or like me, especially, and just, you live in this universe as a Trekker, then this is inconsistent and unfair to the characters you know this is not the this is not the episode that makes sense in the context of who these people are outside of every individual single episode them actually living in this universe this doesn't work in that way and this is a level of analysis detailed analysis you know that maybe in 1990s terms might not be terribly fair but by today's standards, which is how we watch this show and analyze it, it feels unfair to the characters. It feels untrue and inaccurate for who they are and how they interact with one another and how they feel about one another if you believe this mm-hmm. is a real living universe and people live on this ship together. I mean, I think this is a is a, is a solid episode and entertaining and, and stuff, but it's got problems when I step back and think about it. And you know what? I just realized I never said, Adam, what, what are your first thoughts on investigations? <laughs> He's
2: asleep. <laughs> no. Huh? Uh, I kind of have the same feeling that you do, Brian. It's This is an odd, weird episode for me because it's kind of almost like an oxymoron. I actually, um, with both you guys, with Steve and you, Brian, I didn't care for... The whole setup of this, you know, whatever, three, four episodes that we went back, we probably went even further back with the, um, what's the character's name? The spy Jonas or whatever his name. That's probably been even, even further back. But, uh, like I said, the reason I find this episode to be an oxymoron to me is because I actually kind of like it. I think it's an actually, it's a good Neelix episode. I think Neelix's character is actually good in this episode. He actually has something tangible to do that, um that's constructive and, um, you know, goes to the outcome of this episode. So, and I, and I, I think when I first started watching the episode that during the, the tease, you know, I was like, Hey, this is kind of, you know, it's this is a little too cheesy. You know, he's very, you know, it's like a, you know, like the good morning America show. It's all frosting. Um, but then it, you know, it gets into journalism and he, and so those are the things that I really like about the episode. I totally agree with you that they, um, short changed, um, Chakotay. In this episode, I think if they really wanted to make this a better episode, they should have had him a lot more in. He should have been more of the main character, as except from Neelix. Um, But like I said, it's kind of weird. I like Neelix's character in this one, but I think Chakotay's character would have been better suited to be the you know the the front chair of this episode, or at least co-starring with Paris kind of resolving this out somewhere because, you know, he's got the whole issue with Seska and supposedly his baby, this whole thing, you know, conflict that's been created with um, Paris. So I think that would have been made at least the storyline that they've been setting up this whole time a lot more interesting because they've obviously been setting up this conflict between Chakotay and Paris, um, the spy. And so in a weird way, the episode's kind of a letdown to what they were trying to do. But I actually still kind of like it because of Neelix. So it's kind of it's kind of a weird conundrum for me.
0: Yeah, un- unquestionably, this data model was not worth the multi-episode Paris setup.
2: No, they mm-hmm. could have just used the last episode. They could have set it up in one episode if they had to do it, but they chose to do this long thing.
0: I do like the scene uh, in Paris' quarters when, you know, Neelix comes and speaks with him. Yeah. That's a good scene. Those two characters are good together. They, really, they paired up well.
2: You know, and Neelix's tribute to him was good. Like I said, I this Neelix, is, Neelix was really good in this episode. I I think it's one of the better episodes that they've had for him in the in the two seasons. He gets to kill somebody. I mean, wow! I mean, come on.
0: Is this episode about anything?
2: Well, in a lot of ways, it's about Neelix standing up for himself and finding his way. I mean, you know, that's that's the odd thing about. I'm going to say it again. That's the odd thing about this episode is it's a Neelix episode that has to do with Tom Paris and the spy and everything that's been leading up to this. So that's why it's kind of a weird. So it's a Neelix episode that he kind of finds his way. He finds his footing. He stands up for himself and um, he does the job. Um, So to me, that's kind of what this episode's about.
1: I kind of, I kind of, you know, think that that would have been one way to maybe save this episode a little bit is to focus more on that. I mean, I think obviously Neil, if anyone's a focus, you know, Neil's because he's the one that's digging here and his whole journal thing, journalist thing, but it's so, it's so fleeting in the grand scheme. Like if he'd have been like into this journalism angle for a while now, a little bit or something, and then he would have. Come to some revelations about it and really taken a passion into it and would have led to some positive outcomes and all that. And if this would have been entirely his point of view or something interesting that way, like, look, you know, here are the events from somebody who's not right there, you know, with Paris and the shuttle escaping or right there when they're on the, when he's been captured and all that and trying to just dig out the information, that'd have been interesting and that'd have been something different, especially if it would have told an arc for Neelix. I mean i do like what neelix does but and so if they'd have gone that route then you could have talked about you know those kind of things i just i just feel like it's not there's not enough of it to say that's what the episode is about i think there's there's too many things it's like let's wrap up this crap really fast and conveniently and in this one little angle on neelix i like that i agree that i like what they're doing with neelix and i wish they would have done more of that that would have made it perhaps something special you know yeah. So
0: out of context, I I, I I like this episode and I find it entertaining and enjoyable. It's only whenever I
2: you really analyze it, you imagine
0: find it, out. it in context with the show that it's disappointing. All right, let's do six degrees for investigations. Adam, are you going first or second?
2: Um, I'll go second. Wow. To throw it in mm. there for Raphael
0: Sparge plays Michael Jonas. This is his final appearance because he does not survive his vaporization after this fall. Hmm. Uh, in how many episodes did Sparge play Jonas? Three, five, or seven?
1: Well, it felt like 35. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: Gosh. Five?
0: Yes, sir. Adam, this is the first time we see Neelix's show called A Briefing with Neelix. This show will return, but it will eventually change its name. What will it be called? Here's a hint. Blank, blank, Voyager. Blank, blank, Voyager. Um, What's it going to be called?
2: Good morning, Voyager.
0: You got it. Adam has two, Steve has one, moving on.
1: Deadlock, Season 2, Episode 21, Production Code 137, Original Air Date March 18, 1996. Directed by David Livingston, written by Brandon Braga, music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Nancy Hauer as Samantha Wildman, Simon Villig as Hogan, Bob Clindenden as Vidian Surgeon, and Ray Proskia as Vidian Commander.
2: Voyager diverts through a dense nebula to prevent detection from two nearby Vidian planets. As they exit it, the ship hits space, subspace turbulence and suffers from power, power failure, failures. Vellana prepares to begin a series of proton bursts to keep the antimatter reaction in their warp engines alive. However, Voyager is bombarded with proton bursts from an unknown sor- source. The bursts cause systems to fail across the ship. We started emitting the proton bursts. They didn't.
0: Our ship was being damaged by proton bursts. We couldn't figure out where they were coming from. That's more than a coincidence.
2: Janeway to engineering. Bellana, I want you to stop the proton bursts immediately.
0: But if we stop now, the power levels will drop to- I'll explain today. later, Lieutenant. Understood. I don't know how, but there's another Voyager out there, and I intend to find it. All right, Adam, let's hear your thoughts on Deadlock.
2: Deadlock. I really like this episode. It's, I don't know if I have a whole lot to say what it's about, but it's a good, it's kind of a good action-packed episode. There's a lot going on. It took me a minute to kind of remember this episode and realize that it wasn't, I was thinking, is this like a time thing or they, you know, are they getting a time bubble? It's kind of like similar to the one in um, Next Gen where they're kind of repeating a time bubble or, you know, over and again and the enterprise is just destroyed um so i like the science of this you know they're going to a nebula and um you know the ship kind of gets the all the particles get um duplicated the protons and everything so you have two two ships um occupying the same space but they're drawing from them the same antimatter so i kind of like that storyline storyline it's kind of it's plausible and Physics and theory and that kind of thing, and it takes them a lot. And I like the mystery of them trying to figure it out. Um, obviously, you know, we're on the original Voyager that's getting getting bombarded by these with these proton bursts, and it's basically being destroyed. And then we find out that there's another Voyager that's doing a OK. And then you know, it's kind of cool. We get the twist at the end where the ship that's been completely battered and broken apart is the one that survives, and it's the Voyager that you know was doing OK is that that has to um, be blown up. I guess kind of my only problem and I don't know how they would have solved this. My only problem with the episode, you know, and this kind of goes through a lot of Voyager episodes, you know, we see the ship basically get destroyed. And then, you know, two minutes later, it's like, yeah, we're, we're we're doing repairs and there, the ship seems to be okay. Um, I think they probably, I can't remember if they do this in Voyager or not. I think they need like one of those, um, you know, stops to get the ship refitted. Because, you know, every time something happened to the Enterprise, they were having to get it refitted. But this one can take a beating and they can fix it pretty quick. But, I mean, you know, what else they can? do?
0: Tough little ship.
2: Yeah, tough little ship. But no, I i really did enjoy it. I mean, it's well-paced. It's um, interesting. Um, like I said, it's got a twist at the end. Um, we get to see Janeway face off with Janeway. So um, I was entertained. I enjoyed this episode.
0: Stephen, were you entertained?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it is entertaining. Um, it's, I think it's one of these unusual ones where, I mean, I, th- I think when we get to what is this about, we, well, you know, we're gonna probably come up with something, but it's not one of these clear cut. Oh, this is great because it's got some kind of moral to tell and character development and all this kind of stuff. It's not like that. I think it's just one of these that it's, just, you know, it's something that you can only do in a sci-fi episode and and have this action-packed. Uh, you know, what's going on? How do we fix it? Problem kind of thing, you know, which I think it's, it's, you know, if, if that's all a show was, it wouldn't be such a great series. Right. But if, you know, seeing these periodically, all the series have had these thrown in there where, you know, and if it's done well and you can say, um, it's entertaining and it doesn't bore me and there's stuff like that too. I think it's, it's got merit. You know, what's what's funny is I can't quite I can't quite pin it down, but I always found this episode really creepy. I, I don't know if it's that, if it's the whole notion of, um, the, the idea that just, just the, uh, the small chance of being in just the, a slightly different situation and all things can change and death can occur, uh, whether it's individuals or destruction of a whole ship or, um, there's something creepy to me about the, you know, when when Voyager self-destructs and the kind of cool calculation and everyone you know on the bridge of the ship that gets destroyed. Um, it's 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 really they're totally
0: uh, fine with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're,
0: they're going to experience death, but somehow in their minds, is it like, but there's another me that's fine, so I'm not really dying because that's not what you would think. You actually are dying.
1: Right, 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 right. They're not
0: becoming one with the other ship.
1: They are dying. Yeah, so well,
0: it's... I think
2: that kind of, so, well, I mean, you know, with the Vidians bearing down on you and starting to take your organ, I mean, you know, I guess... I, that softens the blow a little bit for me and what you're talking about. It's like, okay.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's a lot of the creepy element here because you have, like, on one hand, you've got the ship that's gone gone through hell and back here version that ultimately they're, they're to survive. And the one that, like, barely register anything has gone on only through these communications and all is smooth. Next thing you know, we're, we're done. We're going to blow up the ship and it just happens. I'm not sure that it feels wrong or anything. It just feels cold and creepy or something. It's, it's yeah.
0: It's um, This is one of those episodes where if I didn't know who wrote it, I would know it was Brandon Braga, right? like <laughs> yeah. there, there aren't a lot of writers on track that you think that, but Braga does a certain kind of script frequently, and you know this is his. You mm. know this is his. And it's funny, on one hand, you say, and I agree with you, like, if this was what they did in every episode, that would not make for a good show. But something about this is it it's very entertaining, and it's somehow very Star Trek. Well, there was only one episode of Discovery that I, and in the, for Discovery's first season, that I really enjoyed. And I'm not trying to knock the rest of the show. We'll talk about that someday, maybe. But if you've seen the show, uh, you know which episode I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. There,
0: there, <laughs> there was one episode that felt like Star Trek. And it felt like something like this. Mm -hmm. I know that was not Brandon Braga because he's not involved with that show. But um,
1: it was in the spirit of that, though. It it was probably kind of a la 90s Trek and, you know, whatever. That's what it was like.
2: Nostalgia.
0: But this sort of fun little sort of parallel thing, not parallel universe, but, you know, time puzzle-y thing, all that, that sort of stuff that we think of as the Braga thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember that one episode of Discovery where it felt like I was a, uh, you know, dying of thirst in the desert, and they gave me a cold glass of water. <laughs> you know, I was like, I didn't, re- I, I didn't realize that I defined this sort of thing as a Star Trek episode, but apparently I do because this was the first time I saw a Discovery episode that felt like Star Trek to me. Mm-hmm. Even if I'd love the rest of the show, I'm just pointing out that at some point, Brandon Braga defined this. As Star Trek to me, mm-hmm. uh, and I agree that I wouldn't want every episode to be like this. But when these kind of episodes come along, I I mm-hmm. enjoy them for all they're worth. And I think this episode is is pretty fun. And I think it's I think it is neat that we get this weird flip in the middle of the episode
2: mm-hmm.
0: from the one Voyager to the other, and you really are kept guessing. You know, clearly they're not going to go on with the show with two Voyagers, but you do, you don't know what's, which one, what, you know, that is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, bringing Ensign Kim over, which by the way, I think that moment is kind of funny when, when Janeway on, she's on the bridge and she's saying to the other Janeway, I'm going to send Ensign Kim through the rift with Ensign Wildman's baby. And you got to know Kim's back there thinking, yes, okay. okay. I like this plan. This is a good plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, seeing oh. now, seeing now he kind of had to die horrifically, that's got to be like uh, being sucked out into space. Can't be, all <laughs> be a horrific death.
0: Well, it's like, like Torres has to live with that, right? She has that yeah. image of him like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but well, I don't know that she ever talks about it. They don't have a counselor on the ship that she can go see about that.
2: Um, I enjoyed the conversation, you know, with Kim talking about, you know, it was weird to him being on that ship because it really, I like that, I like that end to the show because it, you know, because he might be kind of expressing kind of like what the audience is feeling. It's like, well, he's not really part of the crew or part of the ship, so and um, you know, Janeway, obviously, you know, her, you know, it's part of the job. And weirdness is part of our job, so I like that. But good way to wrap that show.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a wink-nudge kind of thing, really, because it's kind of like, it's this kind of show, it's this kind of thing, you know, it is it is weird, and you, that's just how it is, yeah, it's fun, it's fun.
0: It is one of the few moments that felt like an add-on to me. Right, right. It's the only time where I felt like, oh, the episode came up short, they added a thing, they, <laughs> yeah. they, wrote, they wrote another scene. Would you prefer that,
2: or a um, Ensign Wildman being reunited with her baby? That That's a
0: perfectly fine moment ending i thought
2: okay.
1: yeah and and that and that's that's creepy too when you start thinking about this whole it's my baby
0: but it's not really my baby yeah. but it yeah. is my baby
1: right i mean that's that's weirder yet than the whole kim part because they kind of just you know blow past that with the whole conversation all but that
0: she, yeah because she's holding it like like it was just misplaced or something right yeah, she I mean, had to go
2: through the death it's... of her child Right. The, the
1: child did, yeah, did die. It's not like some timeline reset here. There was a dead child and I don't know where that is now. And now <laughs> here's Jeez, the li- right. bringing a live one, you know, that it's just awful. Um, Anyway. Yeah. But, but she,
0: yeah, she, she has no reaction to that. They don't have time to do that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the kind of stuff that makes it feel creepy. That's what we're talking about. When we say it feels creepy. Yeah. Like here is your dead baby. I'm so sorry. Oh, here's a live one. Great. Just chuck the dead body. Okay, great. Thanks. Hand me the good one. All right. Good to go. Yeah,
1: so that so that kind of explains why it's like this was fun, and I kind of want to bomb it too. You know, when you're done, with it. it's <laughs> something <laughs> it's disturbing. Yeah, it's not right. It's like the pub crawl of Trek episodes here. You know, it's like,
2: yeah. I mean, but that end scene where the Vidians are coming in and just blasting everybody, and they start har- it's mm. kind of, it's pretty horrific what's going down on the on the on the normal. Well, Voyager. it's
0: it is cool because that that's that's what we imagine happens when the vidians attack anything other than the lead ship in a show (laughs) other than a a ship called voyager in in a star trek show called star trek voyager right um so to see it actually happen to our ship and our crew uh it is it is pretty freaky yeah is this episode about anything
2: kind of the only thing that i could kind of come up with is with the scenes with janeway when she's facing off with herself you can't um I don't know, you can't, um, I don't know, you can't escape who you are. I don't know, you can't argue with who you are. I don't know. I think this might be kind of a stretch, but I kind of agree with Steve. This is kind of one of these just fun, action-packed episodes that doesn't necessarily have to be about anything to still be a good episode. I mean, you know, they're kind of rare, but I think this kind of falls more into that category
1: yeah yeah i agree i mean we could try to come up with something maybe uh, i mean i'm thinking maybe it's like you know if you talk about the like kind of what i was alluding to the whole notion that you know there's if you if you do some kind of metaphysical analysis on the notion that there's you're constantly a different version of yourself in parallel universes is all sorts of crazy stuff is going on and there's there's dying and you're just a you're just a step away from that all the time and in reality it's you there's no you can't predict it you know we couldn't predict what happens here either you know you're thinking okay the the ship that's a mess you know that would be the logical thing and ultimately no that's not what happened the other one had to sacrifice for that who wasn't a mess the unpredictability of it a little bit but yeah i think w- we see this a lot it, it having this style of episode and also it be have a solid kind of moral or something too that it's almost like they're not time for it or something you know but um Maybe in, when the, in the feature length things that are kind of like this, you have time to do that. But yeah, like I remember that year of hell two-parter or whatever. Mm-hmm. That,
0: is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's do six degrees for deadlock. Adam has two. Steve has one. Steve, are you going first or second? That's oh, first. In this episode, Janeway enjoys talking with herself, naming the series finale in which she does this same thing.
1: Oh, um, in-game?
0: Yes, sir. Adam, this is for the win. Dun, dun, dun. This episode is a rare time where the self-destruct sequence is not canceled. How many other television episodes of Star Trek do that?
2: Television episodes? Mm-hmm. So there's not like an A, B, or C, or D? Just got to pick a randomly pick a number. Where the, the self-destruct... It's is obviously of
0: an incredibly small number.
2: Um, Zero.
0: You got it. <laughs> it's the only time they do it. Adam wins for the day. Three to two. What a close call. All right. You know, today was pretty good. All three episodes. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I think life science is exceptionally good. And um, I might have qualms with investigations, but it's an enjoyable enough yeah. episode.
2: And this one's under 10. But this last one was kind of... And
0: then Deadlock is, is a blast too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a good day. It was one of the, It was like... I don't remember the first couple of seasons of Voyager being kind of a, uh, as one listener put it to me recently, a slog, but it it actually is. That listener was correct, actually.
2: Well, all the way up to, you know, the last two podcasts, you know, the last three episodes that we talked about were pretty good, and these were were good as well. So I kind of feel like the second half of Voyager's kind of picked up. Yeah, but it's getting
0: better. It's picking up, you know, and I think we're getting, you know, we're getting, once we get far enough along in the show, it's just getting...
2: More better consistent, better. More yeah. consistent, it would be. Uh, yeah. So what was the you know where the the lizard show where Janeway and Paris turned into yeah. lizard? Since then, we've been we've been doing pretty good.
1: Yeah. Only one way to go from there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: maybe <laughs> maybe we're deluding ourselves, right? It was so bad. It's like anything else is better.
0: <laughs> um, that reminds me, uh, Dan Michalski, frequent uh, emailer and listener. Hello, Dan, uh, was the one who wrote in to say, (laughs) you know, good luck with Voyager. The the first few seasons are a slog. Um, He wrote in to say to agree with me about how great that um, Toys That Made a Star Trek episode is. You guys watched it yet?
1: No. No,
0: no. It's good. Uh, Dan wrote in and mentioned a couple of the action figures he had. Including that Harry Kim species eight four seven two playmates set. Remember those two? Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm not sure. I think I have that one somewhere. I don't. I don't they never made species eight four seven two by himself, right? It was right. On, I believe that's correct. Just, just with Kim. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thanks for writing in, Dan. Which also leads me to my next point. This was episode one ninety seven. Episodes one ninety eight and one ninety nine over the course of the next month will conclude Voyager's second season. I think for our 200th episode we are going to celebrate the fact that we've hit 200. Nice milestone. And do something a little different. We're probably just going to have conversations about some other stuff and and not do our usual uh, episode reviews for that episode. So I want to throw it out there right now. If any listeners have any ideas about topics you'd like for us to cover things you'd like for us to talk about. You know, we, we've talked about just generally talking about the history of our podcast and stuff. We, we've gone over that in years past, but we haven't done that in a while. That's something we could do. So yeah, if any listeners have any suggestions, if there's any topics you would like for us to discuss, to discuss, maybe, maybe we'll just talk about the general state of, of um, television today adam mentioned maybe sci-fi tv so you know so just uh, if any listeners have any suggestions send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com uh we'd love to hear from you and you've got about a you know a month or so or a little less to send those ideas in
2: or they can you know they can send the messages on twitter too we're um, at trek yep. companion you can send those messages there at on trek Facebook.
0: companion yes uh at trek companion and then all our facebook listener pages facebook.com slash trek companion you can leave a message there as well let's so, see yeah there has been some there has been some trek news lately the possibility of patrick stewart returning to uh the role which is banana pants crazy town and then some other little series possibly getting made and all that so maybe we'll save that discussion for uh our 200th episode by then maybe some of this stuff will shake out a little bit more anyway but uh yeah thank you for spending an hour with us and until next time take it easy bye guys see you I passed it.